to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody. This is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I am thrilled today to welcome my guest. Her name is Thais Eliason, and she has her own PR firm. She is a CEO and a founder, and she is just an incredible person that I cannot wait to share with all of you. So welcome to Sugar Coated. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you for the next couple of minutes. I know. I'm so excited to speak to you. And and the, the way that we met is just wonderful. I'm actually co-producing a, a retreat with a great friend of mine. Her name is Jennifer Dawn. And we are bringing 15 women to Montana at the beginning of May. And we are doing a physical challenge and also working on our businesses. And so I, I reached out to a couple of people through this incredible service, and we are putting together a beautiful gift bag. And so Thais responded to me with some of her clients wanting Wanting to contribute to the gift bag. And oh my goodness, uh, she really did a great job uh, for us and for the retreat, you know, people. And so when I learned about her and what she does, I said I had to have her on the sugar-coated podcast. And now when we were just talking a little bit before we got on, uh, she was telling me a little bit about her background. And I would love, Thais, if you could share that with everyone. Yes, of course. I grew up in a home where my dad was a really, really good PR guy and my mom, a very detail-oriented journalist. And they have always used their communication skills for the nonprofit world. They have been with the Salvation Army for over 30 years, and they've done that in a couple of different countries. And I had the privilege to kind of sit front row. And you know, sometimes you know people from the outside, but at home they're different. And I have seen my parents diligently use their skills for the benefit of the community and the beautiful work that they have done with the Salvation Army. Some of those examples are, you know, sometimes maybe there was a huge challenge within one of their buildings where they feed or they used to feed people. So they would come up with fundraisings and try to really rally the community around to support and raise the funds. And sometimes others would say, well, that's impossible because either it's a too big of a goal or it's too great of a need or because it's never done before, because it's never been done before, was never something that got on the way of their path. And I can testify to that. And I think the excitement of just seeing things happening and seeing them chatting at home and strategizing and putting in place every thought that I saw them having in the kitchen or in the living room was fascinating to me. Sometimes it might have been in more in the area of public affairs where 
when they were serving in Africa, there uh, maybe were some hiccups with at the airport or uh, as people were coming into the country in the borders with the different countries. And I saw my dad been able to make a phone call and say, hey, these are legit people. They're volunteers or this is food or merchandise that's going straight to the people. I know them. This is and that was enough that one word from him was enough to make those arrangements happen. And because I have seen them use this for good over and over, not for self-gratification or with their just selfish interests, I was very inspired to kind of do the same. So for a number of years, I served in the Salvation Army and their mission is so beautiful, right? Serving everyone with no discrimination, wherever there's a need, they were there serving. So. I think the inspiration growing up at home laid a big foundation to what I do today or to who I am first, for sure. And then Mm. to what I do today. I love that so much. And I I think when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you get started, you know, what your business is, is truly reflective of who you are. And that may change over time, but it's like that essence never goes away. And just hearing your background, it, it makes so much sense why you're in the field of communications and really truly telling stories and and bringing people together and cultivating relationships. And, you know, I think like, whoa, what a powerful duo, your mom and your dad, a journalist, (laughs) I mean, like a journalist and a communications pro. And I mean, it just makes so much sense why you went into the business that you did. But what made you choose to actually be an entrepreneur rather than going to work for like one of these really big uh, communications firms? I did do that too. Well, not ah. in, I was in the corporate world. So when I transitioned out of the nonprofit world, I had a privilege of working with, and am I allowed to say the name of the corporation? Is that yes. okay or should I? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. They're yeah. amazing. Love them. I worked at Paul Mitchell Systems. Oh, yes. In LA. And I had such great experience. It was just an amazing marketing machine that was a big school for me. I have wonderful relationships from that time. Then Mm -hmm. from there, I worked as a global PR specialist for Sunrider International, another amazing herbal company that Mm. does, you know, just amazing products. I'm a big fan of theirs and also a big school for me. And after a while, working for someone else. And, you know, mind you, all along the way in the nonprofit world, and then here, I have always exercised PR, even unintentionally, just because (laughs) it's such a big part of me. I think I'm wired this way. And then I had this, you know, upbringing that kind of molded me into, (laughs) yes, yes. And then I went for school, uh, to school for business and with uh, emphasis in nonprofit management. And then it was just all around a part of what I did. But then after working for someone else for a couple of years, I thought, you know, why don't I open my own consulting business? So that's how I started. Mm. I, w- I kept my full-time job, but then I also did consulting slowly. But as mm-hmm. I grew my own consulting business, that it was a one-woman show, I, I started getting more clients and then that meant I needed more people. So I got a little bit of more people on my staff, but also I had to start dividing my time. And then I yeah. thought at some point something 
has got to give. And I, my firm is my own name. I, I started as a one woman show. So, you know, I, I had a lot of relationships. They knew who I was. That's why I use my name. And so I would either let that go because I couldn't just do half of me either at either place. So mm-hmm. I was at that point in my life and career that I thought it, I either launch as an entrepreneur on my own or I focus in this, on this path and I let this go. There was no way I could do both anymore. And yeah. then I thought, I just can't let this go. I just love what I do. It was a big step. And, you know, I am married. I have four children. Oh, my and, goodness. Yes. <laughs> you so, do not. I do. Love them <laughs> with all I got. Oh, my so, gosh. I was thinking it is a risk, but if you know anything about me, I am a big risk taker. You will never know if you don't try. And I'd rather try and fall than wander over here if I should or shouldn't. And so that's what I did. So I opened my business in November of 2018. Okay. And I exited out of the corporate world to be fully an entrepreneur in October of last year. So that's been six months. So for almost, so that's been four years total of my company. And uh, I've operated remotely. I have some clients internationally, some here, but I was always happy with the freedom, especially being a mom of four to just make up my own schedule. But I was mentioning to you before we hop on live here that I just last week, I opened a physical office in Redondo Beach, California, which is also so much fun because I'm the CEO. I still have the freedom to come and go, which is fun. (laughs) But yes, it's been an amazing journey, but that's how I made the transition to this side. (laughs) Wow. I I love that so much. I would never know that you had four children. I mean, (laughs) you know, I know that people on the podcast can't see, but you look like you're 23 years old. So, <laughs> plus <laughs> you know, 13. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's so incredible. And I, I, I love it because women, I, I think, are just so strong, so resilient. We do a million things at one time, you know, building a business, building your family, just, I mean, congratulations. It, because it is, it really is a lot to manage. And it does have great reward on the other side too. Like you're talking about, you you can make your own schedule. Although, you know, I know that you probably are always working, you know, for your clients and especially in the communications industry, you can't ever sort of turn off, especially if you have international clients. So I can imagine that you're you're tired <laughs> often. Yes. So what, so for, for kids, uh, business of your own, pandemic, now a, a new office, how are you able to sort of either compartmentalize or how are you able to sort of do everything and keep everything going? Because we need help to do these things. Yes. I think a couple of things. I know that there are so many, using the word compartmentalizing, you know, that you use, there are so many people who does that really well. I don't comp compartmentalize anything except, well, I just don't. Everyone knows that I have my priorities. I have my beliefs. I love and welcome everyone in any way. I 
am here to serve. That's my mission. It just happens mm-hmm. that it is through PR. If it was something else, it would be through something else. But that gives me the freedom to be who I fully am everywhere. I remember when I was doing mm-hmm. a final paper in my college and it was a real opportunity. I felt like I was on Shark Tank. So basically <laughs> at the time I was with the Salvation Army. So what happened was we had the chance to submit like a proposal for a fundraising event or for something that would benefit our community. And part of it was real. So if you really got a good review from your judges, you would have that funding for real. So my whole review was, this is amazing. It's compelling. Some folks cried and it was good. But the one thing they had to say about me was that I was too formal. Hmm. And I, and that came as a negative point and I was, uh, I was too informal. I'm sorry. So oh, too informal. Okay. Too informal, (laughs) too relational, like too, there's gotta be a, a, and while yes, of course we are to behave professionally and it's, I feel like it's just like clothes. If I'm going to the beach, I wear a bikini. If I go to church, I don't wear a bikini. I wear something else. If I'm going to a cocktail, uh, event, there's a dress code. If I'm going to a formal gala, there's a different code. So I'm still the same person. I'm not pretending to be someone else or behaving in a character wise in a different way because I am who I am. And I believe that the way we relate and communicate is the same. Some I'm going to communicate with a child with a language. When I was teaching entrepreneurship class in Mozambique, Africa to preteens and teens, I communicated in a different way when I am. So I would adapt my communication to the occasion, right? The way I communicate. Yeah. But anyway, that came as a negative. And I, I, I took that as a compliment because they felt like I was very relational and that was fine. But yeah. when you mention the pandemic, that's the year that stretched most of us to reinvent, to to think of outside the norm or to change reference. We behave a lot based on our experience and our view and understanding of the world. When that's gone and it's new for everyone, we kind of freak out thinking, okay, then how? what do I do? How do I do it? Because what worked before doesn't work now. Mm-hmm. So within that period was when I, I, I had more time to dedicate myself to my own business. So I, that was my best year as an entrepreneur. And I think because of that is that I was able to exit in 2021 and have a good foundation. Within everything that we do, and this is my business philosophy, I joke with my copywriters or when they want to change something on my website, I say there's one part that you can't change. And that is, I firmly believe, and that's my philosophy, that it's giving and receiving that our world, both personally and as corporations that our worlds go round. There will always be someone needing what you have, meaning a product or a service. And you will always need someone else's products and services. Way back when it was like I had chickens and you had greens. So if I needed a well, or I did need a well-balanced meal and life. So then we would trade in with the you know, the capitalist world that we live, that there's money and there are different things. It's still the same as before. It's just, it just looks different. But if you have a healthy community, 
where there are people giving and people receiving, it should be well balanced. And if you don't, and I always say this, then you start making that difference in that community because you can change your community. I believe 100% that one person can make an impact. And so it is giving and receiving. So if nobody's giving, then you go and you go support their services, which means that you are receiving their services and then open your hands and give what you have so that you will make a difference and they will see how beneficial that is. They will also want to do it. Of course, there's always some entrepreneurs around that would tend to look at their own belly buttons and I'm not sugarcoating this part that would say, (laughs) yes, that would say, well, but why, why would I give back? Why would I support? Why would I go out of my way to do this if there's no benefit for me? Well, there are always, you know, people that think differently and that are not community minded, but the second they need the community for something, they will remember that encounter. And hopefully those that think alike and they are community oriented won't harden their hearts, but they will continue with, you know, open hands, both to give and receive and change the the culture of that community. And, you know, something funny on this note, I tell my clients all the time, they it's all it's always great to have dreams and big dreams and fulfilling their dreams is one of my biggest gratifications through the work mm-hmm. that I do. Yeah. But I always say, you know, instead of starting shooting for I want to be nationally recognized for doing this, I want to make an impact in all of these states, then I ask, have we started in our or in your neighborhood? Who are the businesses next door? Yes. What what are the relationships that you already have? You know, your if you're if you have children, your children's school, the teachers, the principal. If you go to a grocery store, and I'm pretty sure everybody listening to us at some point has to, even if they prefer online shopping. I mean, you gotta get it. Yeah, inside milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, w- what are the pharmacies that you go to? Your entertainment choices. So restaurants and shows they are all managed by people. Every corporation is managed by a human being and making those connections are so powerful because that's how then you can grow roots, healthy roots business-wise and also personally where you are planted at that time. So if your business is here and you want to grow, then make an impact to starting where you are. And that's going to speak volumes as you go on on your career as an entrepreneur. And I do know, and I'm very aware that not everybody thinks this way, that being community oriented is not everyone's cup of tea. But I can tell you as a witness to years and years, and I have to add something too, because I'm now I'm talking about this. Both my grandparents were also in the Salvation Army on my mom's side and my dad's side. What? So I can, I am a witness. There's a, a, probably a hundred years combined between all of us that it works. And yeah. I have seen communities thrive. I have seen businesses thrive in many ways. And the impact of that is never just local. It goes Mm. way beyond. So I know it works. I, it's like I've tasted and I have seen, and I'm telling you come this way, it works. And nothing bad comes out of goodness ever. So even if you're on the fence in this, you know, community thing, the rotary clubs, the chambers of commerce, the local service clubs, it's always so positive. (sighs) I just almost want to breathe into everything you said because there are so many incredible messages starting from, 
you know, be genuinely, authentically yourself and, you know, dress it up or down depending on the situation that you're in, but always sort of maintain who you are. I think that that applies to people individually and it also applies to businesses too, right? The essence of what your business does and what the mission is always stays the same, but it can it can change a little bit depending on who your clients are. I what you just recently said like nothing bad comes from good really hits me hard. I think that that's beautiful beyond measure because I do think that sometimes you know, I operate from a philosophy of, you know, be kind, even if people around you aren't, you know, acting nice, like be nice. You don't want to get taken advantage of, but don't don't change into something negative just because there's negativity around you. And sometimes that can be hard. Yeah, it can be hard. And you might not see the benefit of that immediately. But I do think that it's that in the end, you know, good prevails. I, I, I do believe that. Um, so I love that you, you said that. Also, a very powerful message, I think, especially for women entrepreneurs, is it's amazing to have these big ideas, right? You want to have these big ideas. You, you want to be motivated and inspired. But start where you are with what you have. Right. And I talk about this a lot, the book Atomic Habits. Have you read that book? No. It's Tell it's me. just super yeah, it's super interesting. It's about this guy who, when he was younger, he was standing behind someone who took a baseball bat, like just, you know, to to swing the bat, and he was standing too close behind the person and he got hit in the head. And he had traumatic head injury. He had to be airlifted. He lost you know, the ability to walk, talk, everything. And he did something very small, atomically small, right? Atoms. He did something very small every single day on a consistent basis in order to build to something big. And he eventually, you know, he eventually got back all of his abilities and everything. And not everybody does, but mm-hmm. but he did. And so he he talks about the power of habit and the power of tiny steps consistently leading to big results. And I think that the media, unfortunately, portrays these overnight successes and these, you know, billion dollar unicorn companies. And, you know, unless you're in that game, you're nothing. And that is, I think, a really but it's a terrible message, especially for women entrepreneurs that don't get some of the benefits to their business that that men do, unfortunately, and it's it's not deserved. But there's nothing to say that, number one, having a small business is a bad thing. I mean, mm-hmm. small businesses can bring you a beautiful life and, and small businesses are I think up to $50 million businesses mm-hmm. is classified as a small business. So that's not small to me. And, <laughs> and I also don't think that, that in order to be classified as a success, that you need to, you know, be this a tech unicorn company. And I think it's, there's a bad message out there about entrepreneurship and it harms women. Yeah. And, 
you know, I, I believe that the answer to this whole great resignation that happened with women because they had to, you know, and I'm sure you did too, like had to like homeschool your, your children mm-hmm. when, when schools were closed down and everything, you know, women, it, it was very difficult to balance everything. And so they, they took themselves out of the, the corporate work world, which just didn't work for them anymore. Um, and so I really want to encourage women to start businesses and with your message, you know, start where you are with what you have and what you know. Yeah. And then to add to that, I would say, and then when you have more, then you do more. Yeah. Oh, so good. You need to do a TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You do. But you have have really powerful messaging. We keep looking at so much, but we don't take the steps. And mind you, I tell all my, we would, when I do my first brainstorming session with my clients, for those that come in person to my office or I go to them, we literally roll out a brown paper on the table with black Sharpies and we write everywhere in there. We just brainstorm. And I always say, what, what is shooting for the stars? Where, what is like the unbelievable that you want to believe for? So I'm not holding them back saying things small. Oh no. In the contrary, we want to think big and achieve your dreams. However, then my job with my team is to track back and make the steps so that yeah. they can start where they are with what they have and what they know. So once they do more, they keep doing more, being more, achieving more. And it's, mm. it's just like you said about the book. It's one thing at a time consistently that will get them there. And that is so important because what I think what happens if you go without a vision or without a goal, you just get distracted everywhere. You get discouraged, which is common. It happens to all of us. But when you have discouragement and distraction, but you have traced the path, you, and when you have a team like mine or others alike, they will help you stay on track. I tell yeah. my mm. clients, you know, it's not every squirrel that will be meant for us to follow. But sometimes surprises do happen and it's, it's exciting. It's beautiful. We, we might adjust the plan or we add some things on, but not all of these squirrels are meant to be there for good. And mm. identifying that is so important because we don't want, nobody wants to lose time and money and effort in, you know, when you have a long-term plan. But yeah. Some of those are lessons, and I'm also grateful for those because when we weren't meant to go to a you know left or right, and we did, it became a lesson so that we can come back and not do it again. <laughs> yeah, or at least just see the signs that that that's maybe needs to get pushed aside until you have more complete information. And I, I think what you're talking about too, obviously applies to PR, but I think it applies to a business as well and just kind of how you start a business brainstorming, you know, what are those problems? What are those big problems that you can solve uniquely and that you're super passionate about? And then think about, okay, what are the steps that I am going to take in order to get there? I think that 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 process that you outlined can be applied to starting businesses, growing businesses, and then obviously what you're doing, getting the business out there into the world with the proper messaging that really, you know, resonates with with people. So many of the women that are part of the She Leads community, they do have, you know, smaller type of businesses. And one of the things that I hear all the time, like the words that people use is like, I just want to get myself out there. How do I do that? 
you know, and I often launch into, well, you know, what are your goals and and asking them clarifying questions, but that doesn't seem to satisfy. So do you have any type of advice, like maybe even if it's like, you know, the, the top three things that you could do or something in order to quote unquote, get yourself out there either as a thought leader because many of the women in the She Leads community are like executive coaches or, uh, you know, consultants. And then the others have smaller businesses that are like product businesses. What can they do to get out there? I would say pick up the phone, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, you can do it. that too. But jokes <laughs> aside. <laughs> Oh, that was good and unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, jokes aside, look around you, literally start where you are. And that might be, I'll give practical examples because I know sometimes that can be very vague and I, it can mean something to me and different, you know, something different to someone else, but volunteer, go volunteer. Mm. So Mm. what is going around your town that you can volunteer? Or if you are in a position to sponsor, Sometimes it might be your product or your space if you have a small business location or product service. Offer up your service to a a greater cause or to a popular cause. So volunteering has a lot of power. Again, going back to Mm. giving and receiving in the community, that is very powerful. They will know who you are and they will know what you do if you put yourself out there. And if you're not a public speaker or if you feel like you are not the one to be talking still. And and even for those that are, put yourself out there in a way that maybe you haven't before. I think volunteering is um, underrated, but it's so powerful. And again, nothing bad comes out of good. And if somebody has ever done anything good to you without anything reflecting back on them, you will know how that feels. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you, yeah. when you have been given anything, time, money, resources, somebody paid for it. One time I was in a restaurant with my babies. They were all small. They, I had three, under three, and I was pregnant with the fourth. Somebody just came out to my table and said, you know, my husband and I are now retired and we also raised four children and there were ups and there were downs. And I just want to say to you, and my kids were being horrible. They were just, <laughs> ugh. Ew, I, can, I, I, I can feel the feeling right now that I fell on that day. I was mortified. I thought she was going to give me a lesson. Like, you know, you're being a bad mom or something. I was mortified. And she said, your children are amazing. You are doing a great job. I think she felt like I needed some sort of encouragement or validation because it was a chaotic moment. And they left. When I went to pay for the meal, it was paid for by that couple. And, you know, it wasn't much, it wasn't huge, but that marked me just like bad things scar you for life. This has marked me for good forever. It wasn't the price of the, of the, you know, the tab, the bill. It was the the gesture. They had nothing. They benefited from nothing from doing this. But if you have received it on the other side, two things, you know how it feels. Please remember that and go do that for someone else because it can, you, we never know what people go through. 
And for them, it might mean, mean everything financially. It might mean everything emotionally. One of my clients is the CEO of a nonprofit organization that deals with suicide prevention. And she tells me all the time, Thais, you, don't, you have no idea the power of words. It can literally mean life or death for somebody. And yeah. so we never know. So volunteering is a huge thing and, you know, just, just, just doing it. The second thing I would say is look at where you are right now and what are the people who are doing what you do or similar things? What are they doing that is making them successful? A lot mm. of it is just lack of experience, right? Yep. Just yesterday, I was in a local event and a journalist came to me and said, hey, Thais, I wanted to introduce you to somebody. I said, oh, great. I love meeting people. And then he said, it's your rival. I said, I have no rivals. And then when <laughs> he came over, I said, sir, what can I learn from you? You know, he's yeah. been doing this for long PR for longer than I've been alive. And yeah. th- he deserves my respect, of course. And I was just so excited to be there. And I said, what can I learn from you? And so what are the people around us doing that are Mm -hmm. helping them and making them successful that I can learn from? I'm not going to say go and replicate and do exactly the same because it's probably not going to work. We are all different. But as a a theory, right, what are the steps that they are taking that are aiding and helping their businesses grow? that I can learn from. And then you chew on, you retain what's good, you let it go of what would not work or it's not good for you. And then you adapt, you go back to your drawing board and then you think through how can I thrive in this way, meaning that this is working for them and then you do it for you. So volunteering and learning from those who are ahead of you. And then I'm going to say the third thing, you got me on spot here, but I, I, I think the third thing would be to do it. Yes. Because there are so many theory you can you can print off on offline any how to one, two, three, whatever. But I'm gonna tell you, I read something on Forbes last week that got me shaken. It said <laughs> the the statistics of people that fail are way smaller than the ones that actually try. So mm-hmm. people are failing before they try because they're not trying. Yeah. This is they let so fear, powerful. Yeah. Let fear and fail stop them. Yes. Whatever it is, there's always an excuse. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's a bad experience in the past. Sometimes it's whatever knows. You know, um, John Paul DeJoria and Paul Mitchell, who founded Paul Mitchell, have said constantly that they would knock on doors. And John Paul, said to me a few years ago, you know, Thais, when I knocked on the hundredth door, I had to have in me, and I did, the same excitement, the same belief in my product, the same eagerness to acquire a customer than I had on my first door. Do you know what that takes? That takes us getting rid of all the excuses. As you said, it might be fear, whatever, to actually do it. So mm-hmm. the world is full of the entrepreneurship world, the business world is full of how to's and, and all those messages, messaging of get rich fast or do this and it's going to work or do that. And I would just say, wiping all of it all. I believe if you get involved in your community and volunteer, if you go learn from those who are doing it and doing it right. And then if you go and do it, I think those yeah. three steps will, will mean some success and growth for you. Maybe not overnight, 
but nobody or should I'm not going to say nobody is because maybe some are, but nobody should be looking for a, a magic pill that's going to resolve mm-hmm. life in business tomorrow. It's always the longevity. It's yeah. always the decisions that will help you grow long term and your business grow long term because you don't want to be here just for tomorrow. That's what I say. No. If somebody says, yeah. "Do you have anything for tomorrow?" I say, "Well, do you want to be in business just for tomorrow?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. So we you can yeah. we can't think that way. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I think those would be the three things I would say. But you got me on spot. I hope that's good. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect pieces of advice. And it, it's funny when you were, when you were talking about it, it, it goes back to relationships, right? Relationships, building community, giving of yourself, and then taking action. And I, I do think that that last piece is something that gets in people's ways. I mean, it, it's happened to me. You know, it's funny. I actually, I went through, have you heard of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program? Yes. So I went through that program in 2017 now, and and I have my MBA, okay? And I have a business. So on paper, you would think that I would have a unicorn business. Like I know so much, right? So after getting out of the Goldman Sachs program and having all of the resources that I need, including all of the, you know, relationships and everything, I sort of went into a little bit of a depression because I said to myself, I literally have everything that I need at my fingertips in order to have a profitable, growing, successful business. And at that point, my business wasn't that. And so I came to the conclusion that there was something wrong with me. (laughs) And, Mm. you know, that's a really bad place to be in when you're a solo entrepreneur. Um, And so I had to do a lot of work around that to say, no, it's just that product market fit. There were many other reasons that the business, you know, who I was serving, how money is coming in, all of that instead of me being able to logically figure that out, I made it about myself and and poor me because I thought, how 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 can I be so smart and yet so mm-hmm. like dumb in a mm-hmm. lot of ways? Um, and I still struggle with that, quite frankly, you know, every day. But I do think that 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 last piece of just do it, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared to do something, you know, put myself out there on a consistent basis and you know, there's crickets, right? Because other companies have more money to spend against advertising. They, you know, even like women-owned businesses that are sort of in this community field are shinier and Instagram-y. And, you know, that's not what I am and that's not what my brand is about. But I also have given myself a little bit of a pat on the shoulder that I've been doing this since 2010 and I'm still here. And some of the other companies are not. Yes. So it really resonated with me. It's what you said, like it's that that marathon and not the sprint. It's not today. It's the long term. I, I just, I appreciate our conversation. You have so much wisdom. And I just, I look forward to us continuing our conversation and our relationship. And I do think that a lot of women could benefit from getting in touch with you. So in order to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. what 
would uh, women business owners, women leaders, anybody looking for some really great advice from a business and entrepreneur perspective, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, email me and that comes straight to me. Thais at ThaisEliasNPR.com. It's that simple. Yeah. And let me close with one thing that I, I think this is where I was inspired with this idea of just do it. Two years ago, I went to vacation in my hometown in Rio, Brazil. And as I was on the beach laying there with all my family, there was this guy that comes selling peanuts. So they toast peanuts or they melt a cheese on the stick and you can eat it. It's delicious. And so I don't like the peanuts so much, but I love the cheese. So we started a conversation as I was waiting for him to like roast my cheese on the stick. I just love it so much. And we started a conversation and I, I said to him, do you love what you do? Uh, I mean, you get to tan all day. That's like a dream job, I told him. (laughs) And he said, yes, I love what I do. I have six children. I have paid for all of their colleges. And I am just finishing up my school, uh, my daughter in school. The last one is um, finishing college in Barcelona. And I paid for it all. I have two properties. And then he pulls his phone to show me the family and and everything else. And I was thinking to myself, all the excuses. And now I want to add something to this. It's very easy for somebody listening to say, well, but you have a perfect life. No, I don't. Nobody does. Nobody does. But what we choose, and also I want to say, you know, I do recognize that some folks, some women, some business owners have been scarred with bad lawsuits from partners that they trusted with all of their hearts or even for fam- from family that somehow have hearted them in business. I realize that that is the experience of some. But I want to say, regardless of what it is, as I said before, either an excuse or because of bad experience in the past, the, the, the drive to keep on going, to, to do it and to keep doing it is what will take a company long-term. I saw that very closely, for example, with Sunrider, that's an empire. Sometimes I would be, as their PR person, I would be thinking, well, but analyzing their companies doing X, their companies doing Z, we're not doing that. But that fell flat during the, the pandemic years. They shut down. And it mm-hmm. was the long-term strategy, one step at a time, every day, that really got us there. And the if if it's hard for you listening to me to, to keep on with the eyes on the prize at the end or to have the drive and to keep at it when you are discouraged, then when you are feeling better, go and find people that will help you stay the course. We all mm. need it. We can't do it. I don't, and, and that's why I was talking so much about community. I do not believe I, we, I could not do it alone. Never. It's the yeah. same way with life. It's the same with everything. So finding a support system and it's, that's not somebody to just tap us on the head. It's, it's somebody that you can be honest and hold you accountable when you're not feeling like doing it, which is normal. I feel it. I'm sure Adrian feels that everybody feels that because we're human. And as I said, right in the beginning, all corporations are made out of human beings. So mm. being is strategic, even about being the leadership of your company is important because it, you just can't do it alone. So that's a good strategy to have and it will help you to continue the course long term. 
Yes. Oh, my. I mean, this has been such an incredible conversation. I feel inspired just listening to you. I'm in I'm in awe of everything that you say because it's it's all the it's all truth. You know, you are speaking truth and giving such incredible advice. So I thank you for being here today with me and for sharing all of your wisdom with the She Leads audience and the sugar coated audience. I am just so honored to be in your company and I can't wait to uh, keep keep talking to you and getting more wisdom and supporting one another. So thank you so, so much and just have a beautiful weekend. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.